0: You know, in my experience, the most important thing you can do in any given day is read out loud to your kids.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudoua. So, Andrew, about six months or so ago, you had suggested to me, which when you get a suggestion from your boss, that kind of means you do it, (laughs) Well, (laughs) that we uh, spend some time every 10 episodes or so talking about homeschooling basics. Mm. Just because we've had more and more people consider the realities of homeschooling, some of them having to – some of them actually being forced to do it albeit maybe temporarily, and thinking, wow, maybe this isn't as hard as I thought, or maybe this is something I'd like to continue doing, but how do I really get into it? So right when this first started happening, you know, the whole COVID, the pandemic, the people being sent home from school, we actually started a Homeschooling Helps Facebook page that has been, well, helpful.
0: We hope so. (laughs) And, And,
1: you know, we're not really just pushing the IEW curriculum it's more of a community where people can help one another with their homeschooling Q&A. You
0: know, I've been to several conventions mm-hmm. this past month and I have met a lot of people who started homeschooling. Yeah. middle of last year. Right. and continued on through the end and are planning to continue. Yeah. On. So yeah, it's interesting times. Right, exactly. I
1: think when I think about my own homeschooling journey, I was um, not really one of the pioneers because I'm not that old. <laughs> no,
0: neither of us are old enough to right. qualify as pioneers.
1: Right, but it was during a time where homeschooling wasn't as accepted, and there were questions about whether or not my kids were going to be able to succeed in college. They did, whether or not they're going to be able to find a lovely wife. I have boys, and they did. And whether or not they're able to raise children, they are, well, at least one of them is because of grandchildren. So, you know, I feel like I've checked the boxes, but I started when my kids were, you know, kindergarten, first grade. And we went all the way through. But not everybody does that. And some of these new homeschoolers, they're jumping in with their kids in junior high and high school. And that can be a little bit overwhelming. But anyway, just talk about uh, what your experience is with these conversations that you're having. And what kind of help are these new to homeschooling families needing?
0: Well, you know, a lot of times if they're coming out of a school, Mm -hmm. there's a decompression period kind of has to happen. And that moment that they decide to make that switch may or may not be during, say, the holiday vacation or during the summer. Mm -hmm. And I guess the most common thing people say is, well, I want to be sure that my kids don't get behind. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I think my kid or kids are behind Mm -hmm. and I want to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or kind of along the same lines as well. You know, we started homeschooling, but I need to cover all the bases. Cover all the bases, yep. Which, when I hear that one, I think of a baseball field Mm -hmm. that has this very, very thin layer of water, just completely, you know, (laughs) a a quarter inch deep and a mile wide Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. very unusable as a baseball field. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Of course, that's not where the expression comes from, Mm -hmm. but there is that, I think, that feeling like, okay, now I have to figure out everything the school was doing Mm. and how to do everything. Right. Or if, you know, we're starting homeschooling, first grade, whatever, we have to be sure that we do everything the school would be doing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of parents that have been, you know, started in there in three or four years, they get free of that Mm -hmm. to some degree. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let's major in the majors and not worry about everything and think about what are the priorities Mm -hmm. right now. And for a lot of kids, that's just relationships. Mm -hmm. That's um, getting used to spending all day, every day with members of your family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's used to being a little more independent in working because there's no one there to hold your hand and tell you what to do every minute of the whole school day. Mm -hmm. And those are all adjustments that, that have to happen.
1: Right. So let's just walk through a scenario, okay? It's March of 2020 and your kids came home and they were not given a whole lot of guidance. And you, whether you, through you or your spouse or somehow you figured out how to get them through the end of the school year. And now we're coming around year 2 and you're still kids at home. Okay, now it's summer of 2021, which is right where we are. Right. And you're thinking, "All right, I want to continue doing this. How what are the most important things that I want to be able to cover?" And let's just say it's a middle school student.
0: Yeah, well the the idea of Ending in March, Mm -hmm. you know, or coming out of school, Mm -hmm. most of the people I met there had Mm -hmm. schools that were trying to do with greater and lesser levels of success, distance or remote Mm -hmm. learning or, you know, helping the kids stay in the loop, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, summer hits and everybody shuts down for a while, Mm -hmm. evaporation occurs.
1: (laughs) Did you see that one video? and we'll put a link in the show notes. I'm sure it's out there somewhere where this Zoom classroom was ca- captured and I think they were like second graders and the teacher's camera went out and the kids were like what do we do and and one of the kids says, "Oh, we're toast." And <laughs> another kid goes, "Oh, I want some toast." And they go make some <laughs> and they and then one of the students says, "Well, you shouldn't do that. You need to stay here." It was it was it's pretty cute, you know.
0: Yeah, lots of stories. I heard about uh, one case where a a child was in a Zoom classroom, Mm -hmm. and he was, I don't know, misbehaving in some some way. And so he was assigned detention. (laughs) Okay. In another Zoom classroom. Oh, that's funny. Where he had to basically just sit there and stare at the screen as a penalty for failing to stare at the screen oh, conscientiously yeah. Oh, enough. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's
0: it's hard. How, how do the teachers and schools right. keep, keep the kids focused mm-hmm. and all that? And I, yeah. I think some of that contributed to parents' willingness to consider, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can we could do this. Mm-hmm. We we can look at this world of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, there's a lot of ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of simple traditional way would be to say, well, the three R's, mm-hmm. right? Reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? And and that's got to be first, right? We do a lot in the area of the reading and writing mm-hmm. business because mm-hmm. we have our uh, arts of language: listening, speaking, reading, writing, and mm-hmm. then the the result better thinking, we right. hope. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is that idea of, okay, even if even if I'm willing to kind of strip it down to that and not worry about all the peripheral subjects, mm-hmm. whatever they might be, health, social studies, PE, art, music, and not that those aren't all valuable, right. but if you have to say, okay, what do I do first? Mm-hmm. And then how do I do that? I, uh, I try to help people understand that you know, in my experience, the most important thing you can do in any given day is read out loud to your kids. Mm-hmm. And you create community. Um, make it a priority and do it first thing or or at the time when everybody's available. and And don't give it short shrift. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know, read a story for 15 minutes and call it done. Mm-hmm. Try to schedule, you know. Half an hour, forty five minutes, a mm-hmm. whole hour mm-hmm. uh, of just reading uh, good or great books, mm-hmm. historical fiction, excerpts from history books, mm-hmm. that then create a shared experience in the family. Mm-hmm. And that that's just, you know, that's what kids love is mm-hmm. they love knowing stuff, and they love being. With other people who know similar things, right? I mean, right. if you get together, it's like, oh, I knew that. And did you know this? And you right. just start sharing. So it it's probably the best way to kind of integrate a family to create that shared and valued experience, build the knowledge base, you know, whether it's uh, fiction classics or nonfiction. There's so much that can be discussed and gained from that. Right. Then I go ahead and point out that. If what you want is a really good writer and speaker of English 15 years from now, mm-hmm. what should you do? Read out loud to your kids. Right, exactly. You know, as much as possible. That's a real shift for everybody mm-hmm. because they, don't, they haven't got that in schools.
1: Well, and I remember my fifth grade teacher, in particular Mrs. Jensen, did read us after recess. And we read through where the red fern grows, so I can say that. And I, I think it's hilarious that now I live in— Live in, in eastern <laughs> Oklahoma, <laughs> red fern Where it all happened, territory. right. Yeah. But I, I remember that as a very special time. Mm-hmm. And, and it was only maybe 15 minutes a day, but we got through lots of books mm-hmm. in that, that amount of time. So. Well,
0: and, and there are still teachers out there who can mm-hmm. squeeze the time to yeah. do that. Yeah, but it's definitely harder. Yeah. And it's it's going to be a lot harder over a, a Zoom room. Oh, right. Just yeah. because, you know, how do you keep the kids involved? Mm-hmm. And then maybe they are doing something with their hands mm-hmm. to keep their, you know, eyes busy so their ears work better. Well, But they look inattentive.
1: Yeah. Well, and talk about that because just share that little scenario that you – Mention in your talk, nurturing competent communicators, the idea of keeping your hands busy yeah, while you're well, listening. Yeah,
0: well, you you do notice that, you know, some kids are just wanting to do something all mm-hmm. the time. I, I'm, I'm sure I was kind of like that, you know, a little on the hyperactive side, like, okay, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. More. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as you're reading to the family, the kids can play with Legos or blocks, draw pictures, um, crochet, mm-hmm. something so that, you know, they feel like they're They're doing something, and their hands and eyes are occupied, and that actually frees up their ears mm-hmm. to hear better mm-hmm. not not all kids. Some will look straight at your face and you know kind of read your lips while you're talking, mm-hmm. but a lot of them do better in that case. In fact, I've even had adults come to my workshops or an all- day seminar, and they'll pull out a bag and start knitting or something and first couple of times, I thought, well, that's kind of. Awful, like they're bored with what I'm doing. <laughs> but I started to realize, you know, they know themselves. Mm-hmm. They know that they can listen better. You know, I compare it to listening to audiobook. Mm-hmm. I think I actually listen better and remember more if I'm driving mm-hmm. than if I were just sitting in a chair trying to concentrate. Right. You know. Right. So you know that would be the the starting point mm-hmm. for education at home mm-hmm. would be. Uh, kind of a, a a good, great living books approach, mm-hmm. and integrating mm-hmm. that in the day during the best time of the day, right with all the kids. And you can read to a whole family. You don't have to read different stuff to different kids. You right. kind of you know read from the top down and mm-hmm. just let it trickle down. And you know five year olds don't understand everything anyway. so right. why worry about it?
1: <laughs> right. Well, and I know our listeners are thinking this question that I'm going to answer for you right now, dear listener, what books should I read? And we have two resources for you that we'll mention. One is we have a reading list on our website, so we'll put a link in the show notes. This is just a free download. It has many uh, resources, including some of the books that Adam Andrew recommends in his Teaching the Classics book, uh, Resource Curriculum for Teachers, and then just a link to our dear friend, Sarah McKinsey, and her Reader Loud revival. She's got a tool on her website where you can pick what genre you want to read, what age group you're wanting to hit. Mm -hmm. And how long you want the book to be, and she'll give you three suggestions, and you can do it over and over yeah. again, and it's really fun.
0: We also have Gail Ledbetter's Timeline of Classics. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, that's a great resource. And
0: uh, it's got probably 2,000 books in mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. huge.
1: So what period of history you're studying, perhaps ancient, medieval, Yeah, It's organized or... so mm-hmm. the
0: books are either written in or about that time period, yeah. and then there's very brief description mm. along with the author and then the reading level you know elementary yeah. middle and high school yeah you know it's interesting i talked to her once about how she got the idea of doing it and mm-hmm. she said well there's so many moms you know they they didn't grow up you know reading as much as i did or mm-hmm. you know people my age and and they'd go to the library and not be sure you know what should i get and so she kind of started compiling this book list of Here's what you can go and find in the library and bring home and know that it's good. You mm-hmm. know, it's got—it's mm-hmm. stood the test of time. It has the tradition. It has the value. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, more and more you can be confused by what you find in libraries because you don't recognize it. You're not sure what it is. You right. can't read every book. It's, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we have those, those resources. Great. You know, another thing that I have talked a lot, and we have had podcasts, and I think we've enjoyed the feedback from these talks and podcasts, and that's just about getting outside. Yes. And, uh, you know, more time in nature. And there's so many, you know, physical, mental, uh, psychological, spiritual mm-hmm. advantages. And, Sometimes it seems, I think, to new homeschoolers like, okay, for homeschooling, we have to stay, you know, doing school, Mm -hmm. you know, from 830 to 330 every day Mm -hmm. or else we won't be doing enough. Right. And so to kind of give yourself permission to just say, no, we could just. Stop everything at eleven o'clock and go have a picnic and hike mm-hmm. this afternoon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you won't lose anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're going to get behind in academics. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything, the the rejuvenation that occurs by just getting outside on a nice day mm-hmm. is going to make the next day's learning and the next week's learning even better. So I'm I'm encouraging people to say, okay, you know, you're out of school. You don't have to do it like that. You don't have to follow that schedule. You don't have to get the, you know, different book with a number on the cover for every single kid and get through them by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. There's so many options that are different and possibly better.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw uh, an ad from our friends at VRBO. They're not really our friends, but, you know, Vacation Rentals. Oh, And yeah. they were talking about, you know, now that you have this opportunity to essentially homeschool your kids. How about taking them out to nature? And there's a little girl building a little collage with pine needles and presenting this. And I thought, how great. That's like exactly what you can do now that you've got kids at home. Did, did your wife ever do this? Did you ever do this? Where, you know, 11 o'clock, you pack up things, Just you just need to change your pace and you pack them all up in the car, bring the books and a picnic lunch and you do school at the park sure and then yeah. and then you're at the picnic table and you're doing the math and the writing and then maybe reading a book and then the lure of the swings and the jungle <laughs> gym and all right let's just finish one more chapter and then you can go play yeah. and then they're motivated to get it done because they see that we got to do that a lot more in Southern California that we could possibly do that in Oklahoma.
0: Well and I was gonna say both of us spent many, many years homeschooling in California, it's where true. we have a slight weather advantage over true. many places. Yes. But you know, that would encourage people who live in places that tend to be very, very hot or very, mm-hmm. very cold and it's harder to make the most of the days where mm-hmm. it is it is good. And you know, that's something that's tough for for a teacher in a school to say, let's just suspend everything this afternoon yeah. and spend the time outside. yeah, But we can in the homeschool. Instead
1: and... of a snow day, call it a Sunday and get out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a month of Sundays. <laughs> we always have that expression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that would be the second thing to kind of just decompress mm-hmm. from the school. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the other thing that I get a lot of his people thinking, okay, my child was in nth grade right So now I have to get the next nth grade right and do all that mm-hmm. and then they'll qualify that and say except you know, you know she reads really well or except you know he, he's, he seems like he's behind. Mm-hmm. And so the third thing that I would really encourage parents to do is just kind of let it go. At least for a while, this idea of comparing children based on age mm, mm-hmm. and just compare them with each other—you mm-hmm. know, with themselves—right, so not siblings necessarily. Compare yeah. them with themselves. So, um, in math, you know, it doesn't really matter where every other ten-year-old in the world is in terms of math skill. What matters is—is is your ten-year-old improved over the last six months or year? Mm-hmm. And you know, then that rate of improvement is something you can attend to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's probably the next most freeing idea mm-hmm. that new homeschooling parents can adopt, which mm-hmm. is don't stress about grade level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. People don't mind, oh, my child's ahead. Nobody said, oh, no, I'm so worried my child is ahead of other children. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> uh,
0: but they, they will be worried and thinking, oh, no you know, his reading is behind, or, you know, he's, he's is challenging math, or, you know, she hates writing. Mm-hmm. We, we can help with some of that. But the main thing is just stop the comparison and say, okay, so this is what we can do. What's the next step? And then, you know, trying to find materials that don't necessarily have numbers on the cover. Right. We've been very intentional mm-hmm. about having no numbers, and even when we are forced to put numbers in descriptions, we make it intentionally vague. You know, grade 3 to 5, grade 6 to 8. Well, what about my kid who's 13? Okay, it doesn't matter. Right, You you can go this way or that way. And it's always better to err on the side of being a little simpler, a little easier, get done a little sooner, so that the child has that experience of, oh, I can do that. Right. Right, then something that is just overwhelming to the point of frustration and then there's I hate this and there's tears and I never want to do it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just that reawakening, that the feeling of success that then helps with the motivation and leads mm-hmm. to the willingness to re-engage academically.
1: Right. Yep. Good. I think that one of the things that was important to us when we were on this homeschooling journey is... Just kind of what I've heard you say, just do the next best thing. And for us, that meant, okay, are we going to be doing this another year? Because it might just be that this is the last year that we're going to homeschool. And if so, what are the most important things that we want to accomplish this year? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this is the year to really focus on drilling those math facts. This might be the year to really get through some of those classic books that, well, Maybe I never read growing up, but maybe I want to uh, have my children read. I did that with my son. I told him, I've never read Moby Dick, but I think you should. (laughs) And uh, to this day, he uh, scolds me for forcing him to read Moby Dick Mm. because it's basically chapters and chapters and pages and pages about whale anatomy. Had no idea, but everybody should have read Moby Dick, apparently. So now I vicariously have read it through him.
0: Well— it's one of those things, Martin. My friend Martin said to me once, uh, "You don't have to know Latin to be a gentleman. Mm. You just have to have learned enough to have forgotten some."
1: Oh, there we go. <laughs> but it's it's kind of that same
0: idea, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, there are those things that we say, "Okay, we we did that." Yeah. But more importantly, I think we're looking to create a. You know, we always get these buzzwords. You know, lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a cliche. It's mm-hmm. a buzzword. It's it's kind of ugly because of that. But what we do want is we want our kids to, as they get older and older, still have that spark of excitement about learning. Yes, on their own, mm-hmm. if need be. Mm-hmm. And so, thinking of ways to nurture and cultivate that mm-hmm. as best as possible. Yep. You know, that's that's very very important. In my view, the other thing that I, I think a lot of parents are increasingly sensitive to the importance of is, is history.
1: Oh, right. And, yeah.
0: you know, history went off the report cards a long, long time ago hmm. and got replaced with social studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before there was history and there was geography. Mm-hmm. And certainly there are uh, some things that may be contained in kind of standard social studies textbooks that are useful or or help kids think about Mm -hmm. life. But but the idea of let's actually learn the history of a country or Mm -hmm. the history of a people or the history of our own nation or the geography of the world we live in, so often today... We hear, well, you don't need to know names and dates. Right. Uh, you don't need to know the capitals of states. I mean, you can just Google that up. Mm-hmm. You can just mm-hmm. ask your phone. There's this idea that knowing things is not important so much anymore. It's more important to know how to use technology to, to do that. But that really isn't quite true Right. because there's two things to consider. One— There's a great joy in knowing stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, this is illustrated by TV game shows. Oh, right. Why do people watch TV game shows that ask trivia questions? Right. Well, there's two things that can happen. One is you can say, I know that. Right. And you get super excited, like you knew the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. There's this incredible joy in having knowledge. Right. The other thing that can happen is you learn it. Mm-hmm. You say, "Well, that's really interesting." Mm-hmm. And you may or may not remember it, but that that first repetition of that new fact kind of tickles you. Right. Like, "Oh, that's interesting. Yep. I'm I'm happy to now know that a little bit." Mm-hmm. So, let's not discredit the the delight that comes right. with just knowing stuff. Mhm. And I, I do kind of mourn the fact mm-hmm. that more and more people in kind of the broader progressive education world are buying into this idea yeah. that, you know, Google and calculators and Alexa and your phone mm-hmm. are the source of what you need and you don't have to carry it around in your brain. Right. The, the other way to look at it is kind of a deconstruction if. You know, if you don't know this and you don't know that and you know less and less and less, pretty soon you can't really even ask the question mm-hmm. because you don't know it exists. Right. So yeah. you could ask the question, what is the capital of Wyoming? And if you didn't know, your phone could tell you.
1: Right. Absolutely. But,
0: but what if you don't even know there's Wyoming? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly.
1: Right. right? <laughs> uh,
0: and you could extrapolate that to countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could put it out in history. hmm and and when you know names and dates yep. and you know places, yep. your magnificent brain puts all that stuff together yep. and gives you insights that, you know, Google or Alexa or Siri can never do for you. Right. So, you know, I think a lot of parents, you know, they've they've got a closer look at kind of the curriculum of schools, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some of which they say, well... That's good. I'm glad mm-hmm. they were doing that. Let's mm-hmm. continue. Right. Usually, it's the basic skills part, and then they may look and say, "You know what? I think we could do better by taking maybe a little bit more traditional approach." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we could go on and on about memory and memory development mm-hmm. and. And particularly how memorizing language, mm-hmm. specifically poetry, and right. then other things like scripture, famous speeches, whatever mm-hmm. you're inclined, it's it's everything wrapped in it. It's delight. It's knowing. It's um, sharing that delight, and then it's building the vocabulary and the syntax and the use of language database, even mm-hmm. with. You know, the poetic devices that mm-hmm. bring language to life even more. So, I think a lot of parents have found themselves at homeschool conventions or online looking for okay, so what's a good way to do something like geography or history or, you know, memorize language mm-hmm. or grammar? Right. Things that weren't happening in the school environment. Right. Not that there weren't teachers who might not have thought it was good. It's just they were busy with other things that maybe weren't as delightful.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, our timekeeper, of course, has told us minutes ago that we are out of time, but I know that you and I could continue to talk about this for another 30 minutes or sure. so. Well,
0: we're doing it periodically, this yes. kind of Homeschool helps idea. Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so this just compels me to ask you, our listeners, do you have some specific questions for the homeschool parent emeritus that sit in this room, Andrew and Julie, who have homeschooled at various stages? You know, I think um, this idea of just doing the next best thing and you know, studying history, we we love to, to do timelines with history just to kind of visually put things in the map. But, you know, I know that—let uh, me just tell you right now, we're not going to make specific curricular recommendations other than use IEW <laughs> by Structure and Style for Students and Linguistic Development through Poetry Memorization because we have a lot of friends. But Yeah, and there are a lot doing of math and Facebook history. groups yeah. and,
0: and, you know, online forums where people say, what— yeah. You know, I have a dyslexic thirteen-year-old yeah. who doesn't like math. Yeah. What What do you recommend? What do you and what specifically? Do you lots recommend? and lots yeah. of other people who are in that category right. that are happy to make a recommendation.
1: Exactly, exactly. But do you have any questions for us, listeners, that we could answer? Or uh, I know that we do and ask Andrew anything every ten episodes, and so we'll, we'll save those questions. The specific questions for homeschooling for these types of podcasts were, how do I get started homeschooling? Uh, What are the benefits? What are the dangers? What are some uh, things that, Andrew, maybe you and I experienced some um, pitfalls in homeschooling that we would like to recommend our dear friends to avoid, if at all possible. And we'll just continue to have these conversations until people decide that maybe homeschooling is right or not right for them, and yet we still... I just wanted to also just end with this is that IEW in general is not just for homeschoolers. We've talked about that before. I will put a link to that four minute video where you just talk about kind of the big picture of what, what are we really doing here? And you say that it's not just for homeschoolers. It's not just for classroom teachers. We're the writing program for everyone. And so uh, not to, put aside our teachers in our classroom because we love them and we know that partnering with parents is probably one of the best things that you can do. And so how can we continue to help you on this journey? Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.